0: This episode of the Small Church Media Podcast is sponsored by Tidely. Tidely provides the best online tools to help you increase generosity. Manage your church and congregation and engage your members from giving your church options to text to give online, text to give via their phone, set up auto recurring giving, and allowing your congregation to cover their own online fees. You can start collecting your tithe and offerings right now on your website for completely free. So, head over to smallchurch.media forward slash tithely. That's spelled like T I T H L E Y. Smallchurch.media forward slash forward slash tidely to get started now let's get this conversation where we are asking the question should you stop live streaming to facebook or is there a better alternative you ready to get started let's get it this is the small church media podcast with mark hyde Well, what's good, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. If you have not registered for the free sermon series mini course, I just want to let you know you really are missing out. We've already had plenty of people enroll, take the course, and they are making better sermon graphics for their church and for their congregation. And I want the same to be said to you. If you are new to the Small Church Media Podcast, maybe this is the first time you've heard about it, but I know many of you guys Tune in week in and week out, yet you have not enrolled yet to learn how to make amazing sermon graphics for your church for completely free using Canva free. So at the end of the day, you have nothing to lose. Literally, you have nothing to lose at all because the course is free, Canva is free, and I even teach you where to get inspiration for future sermon graphics. So the best way to sign up for this free sermon series mini course is by heading over to the Small Church Media website at smallchurch.media. Not smallchurch.com, not smallchurchmedia.com, but smallchurch.media. Click on the... Free resource library and there you can find other free resources just to kind of get you off the ground a little bit and you can also enroll for that mini course so make sure you head over there to the website right now and do that But before we jump into today's conversation, we need to celebrate, all right? We talk, uh, not all the time, maybe once in a while here on the podcast, that we need to make sure we celebrate when it's time to celebrate. When the church pulls off something big and your volunteers do a lot of work, make sure you celebrate with your volunteers. And we're going to celebrate here on the show because we just reached a new milestone of 2,500 Downloads. So, two thousand five hundred downloads of the small church media podcast. Now, this podcast is a small podcast. You know, we ain't hitting no no rate like no uh no charge. We're not you know crossing over the top one hundred Apple podcasts anytime soon. But here's the crazy thing: when I think about that number, okay. If this podcast has been downloaded 2,500 times, that means hopefully, knock on wood, small churches just like yours and you as a small church pastor or volunteer or communicator, whatever your title is, have been helped 2,500. 500 times, which just makes me smile ear to ear. It's a, it's in a fun, long, hard journey where we've just been trying to create content, good content for you guys week in and week out to grow the faith of your congregation and reach outside your four walls. So here's how we can get to that next milestone of 5,000 downloads of the Small Church Media Podcast, all right? The first thing we could do together, because we gotta do it together, right, is share this podcast with one pastor or small church volunteer friend that you'd know. Shoot him a text, shoot him an email, and literally just say, hey, check out this podcast I've been listening to. I think you guys would enjoy it as well. Or if you want to take it up a notch, post that mug on your Facebook page or on your Instagram stories. Either way, just do something to help us reach more listeners with the content. Or if you leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that helps the algorithms know that we're doing some cool stuff and that we want to reach other people and that when people start searching for things, we pop up higher in the search results. And if you do leave a rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, let me know and I will get a $5 coffee gift card in the mail as my way to say thank you. Now, I do have to say this, all right? So if you're on Spotify and you're trying to leave a rating, you cannot do it on the desktop version of Spotify, at least on the Mac version. I don't know PCs. I don't use PCs. I'm a Mac guy. So on the Mac version, I know for a fact, Spotify, you cannot leave a rating. You have to do it on your phone inside of the app. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave a rating and review. If they let you do that now on Google Podcasts and all the other platforms, do that as well. And the final way you could help us reach that milestone of 5,000 downloads is listen to each episode twice. I mean, I'm kind of joking because that would actually help the stats out. But no, you know what? We watch TV shows over and over and over. Why not listen to podcasts over and over? But I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for engaging with this show week in and week out and helping us reach that milestone of 2,500 downloads. But I know you're not here to listen to me banter or give stats or all these different things. You're here to help. You know, Maybe you're asking this question of should you stop live streaming to Facebook. But before we jump into the conversation, I want to let you guys know about our second sponsor for the Small Church Media Podcast called Sermon Shots. If you want to start boosting your social media presence online by using videos and sermon clips and really just repurposing your sermon audio, not even just audio, your sermon video content, you got to check out Sermon Shots. You can literally create a clip from your sermon that looks good, it has captions, it has audio, it has moving motion backgrounds and graphics with it in less than 10 minutes. And here's here's the really cool thing, all right? They gave us a coupon code, and I don't think they're doing this coupon code anywhere else, where if you use the coupon code SM, oh, sorry, SCMP, so Small Church Media Podcast, SCMP30, you can get 30 free days of Sermon Shots. So head over to smallchurch.media forward slash Sermon Shots with the coupon code SCMP30 right now to get started. So let's talk about the problem that we're gonna talk about today, all right? You know, over in the Facebook groups that I've been a part of, it seems like every single week, people keep asking the same question over and over and over. And the question is, is why does Facebook keep muting my church live streams? Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you've seen copyright claims come across your Facebook live streams. And maybe you're like, Mark, what on earth are you talking about? I can guarantee you that as life moves on and the years move on, this question will constantly grow more and more and more, specifically in the small church world. And the reason being is the fact of small churches tend to use a lot more other resources to help make their services sound better. Um, I'm thinking back in the day, right, for our church, before we had a full you know, praise team or worship band, whatever you want to call it, we used to use the multi tracks. Y'all remember those? We would have to pop in CDs, or if you were a very good technician, you would would literally burn a new like mixtape for church where you had all of them in order or if not you generally had like a two side-by-side cd player or vhs tape which that's what my dad was a big vhs guy and you would literally go back and forth and just play the multi-tracks over the service so that way you would have good music to sing along with as a church But as technology has improved and increased and the ability to get this stuff more grows and people are pushing out online, a lot more online places are starting to track copyright infringements and copyrights claims. Because the reason is, is like let's say, for example, I produce a piece of content like I produce a song. You know, I've got a beautiful voice like Phil Wickham and I'm writing some content. I I don't sound like Phil Wickham. Um, God said make a joyful noise. It doesn't say anything about a good one, so I make a good, joyful noise, if you know what I'm saying. Um, But let's say I create a song, I write this amazing piece, and it's awesome, and then churches all over the world start using it in their worship service and other places, but they just download it and start using it, but they never report it, never do anything like that. What happens with that copyright? The big problem is the fact of my song can be used millions of times all over the world, and I would never get paid a dime for it. That's how a lot of musicians make their money. So every time you use a song by um, anyone, City of Light, Elevation, even, even hymns that have been not just, you know, they're part of the public domain, but they're more like more recent hymns like the Getty stuff. If you're using their music and you're not paying for the use to use that music and you're also not paying to just sing those songs whether or, or put the lyrics up on the screen whether or not you actually, you know, sing it or not it can be just a special music that's played at the beginning or the end of service you need to pay the creator of that piece their royalty fee. And that's why there's things like Song Select with CCLI, where you pay for your CCL license, maybe your CCVLI license, their streaming licenses, all those different types of licenses. When you pay those licenses every so often, they require you to report on what music you actually use in your service at any point, whether you stream it, whether you practice it, whether you rehearse it, so those artists can get paid. So what Facebook has been trying to do is stop the use of pirated music. This is not just for churches. This is for you know streamers, this is for gamers, this is for content creators. The more content creation starts to get big, the more Facebook is trying to control the fact of we don't allow pirated music. Or if you pay for the right to use it and we still flag you, you can dispute your claim and it's just gonna be okay. Because when people when Facebook is, you know looking at millions and literally millions of uploads every single Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day of the week you want to talk about, they're not able to go through those every single week and just handpick the different ones and check it. So they have bots that go through and they listen to your live stream and if they find anything that sounds like it may be stolen, you may get flagged. And to be honest with you, Facebook doesn't care about your licenses that you pay for. They don't care about your quality. They don't care if you get muted for violating the rules. All they care about is making sure that you are not stealing content. So as small churches are starting to live stream their stuff more, it seems like live streams are being muted all over the place. Sometimes it's just in all these other remote countries, which let's be honest, We might not really care about, but sometimes you get muted right here in the U.S. of A. And then the question could be is, okay, so if Facebook doesn't care about all these things, how do we make sure that we're staying in line with the rules? You could be doing everything right, and Facebook still flags you. So what Facebook is looking for, again, is the use of non-royalty-free music. So if you're using some sort of music and it's royalty-free and you pay for it or you just have permission to use it, kind of like we talked about for a podcast beginning the end of your your live stream, they're totally cool with it. But if it's like just general worship music you would hear on the radio, that will get you flagged. Playing background tracks for popular worship songs will also get you flagged. You could even be playing like a church like what our church does, and we do multi-tracks as a part of our worship experience with the actual full bam, that could get you flagged as well. Or let's just be honest, you could just sound, which has happened, just too good. And you sound like the real deal. And then you get flagged for copyright. So generally what happens when you get flagged for a copyright on Facebook? The first thing Facebook will do is they will just give you a flag and say, hey, you broke a copyright claim. You can... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, shoot, I don't know why I didn't write this word down. Um, You could refute, you could rebuttal, you can respond and report the fact of, no, we think that this is a bad claim on our live stream. That generally works right away. But if your music gets muted right in the middle of your live stream and people are just like, we can't hear anything, literally, there is nothing you can do during your live stream to do that. You can put your CCLI license, your CCVLI license in the actual description of the video, and Facebook does not care because it's just bots that are flagging your stuff. And the more times you get muted or flagged, the more likely you are to get muted. So if your live stream does get muted, it probably means you've been flagged enough times where Facebook is like, nope, they keep breaking and infringing on it, so we're just gonna shut them down. And a lot of people may think, and you may think, oh, Facebook's just trying to shut up churches. And that's not, that's further from the truth. Facebook literally says, we wanna keep churches on our platform because they know that churches are, let's just, call it like it is. They're a big money platform for a place like Facebook. So when you start getting your services muted on Facebook and there's nothing you can do, you are doing all the things they ask you to do, like reporting and trying to like unflag your stuff and nothing else works. You might be left with the question of, Mark, what on earth do we do? Because right now we only live stream to Facebook and we wanna keep live streaming to Facebook because that's where most of the people are. It's more where most people can actually find our stuff. People are able to easily share it, find it. Other people are able to find it and interact with it. So we wanna keep it on Facebook, but it seems like once in a while, maybe not every time, it just freaks out and we don't know what to do. So today, I'm going to give you a solution of what you can do to make sure your live stream is A-OK. Now, my personal opinion, all right, this is a solution, we're basically, I feel like at the top of the episode. Maybe this will be a short one. We'll find out. But I have a simple solution for you, and that is simply live stream your services to two different places, okay? Live stream your services to two different places, In my opinion, you should stream to Facebook. I still think that's a good, viable place to live stream. And even if it gets muted, keep fighting it. Just keep fighting it because if you actually are not violating any rules, you have nothing to be ashamed about. But if you do keep getting flagged and you have an obvious reason why you keep getting flagged, I just want to encourage you, do it right. Be ethical. Don't just download stuff off YouTube and pop it in there. Go back to a couple episodes ago where we talked about where to get music for your podcast. Do the exact same thing for your live stream. Go to the YouTube library. Go to places like Purple Planet, Ben Sound, whatever you got to do. You're you're not monetized. It's for quote-unquote personal use. You will be a-okay, but actually get music that does not actually violate those Rules. But if you are doing everything correct, you pay for all your licenses, you do the things you're supposed to be doing, and Facebook keeps getting flagged once in a while and causing issues. I honest to goodness believe you need to not stop streaming to Facebook, but also stream to a secondary source, such as YouTube or Vimeo. Those are the top two places where a lot of people upload video content. Right now, because for the most part, both those places are completely free. But between those two, I would encourage you to put all of your sermon live streams also on YouTube, not Vimeo. If if you choose Vimeo, you have a reason why you choose Vimeo, go for it. But for a small church, YouTube is absolutely perfect. And here's why, okay? YouTube is the number two search engine in the world, second to only its parent. Google. People are very familiar with YouTube. People know how to use YouTube. They know what YouTube are. Even older folks, they know what YouTube is because when they Google something, watch a video about how to fix something, they know what YouTube is. And the other best part about this is you can then quote unquote say, hey, you can watch our live stream right on your TV using the YouTube app. Now you no longer need to pay these massive church companies, you know, hundreds of dollars every single month to get a quote unquote app on Roku or app on Amazon Fire. You literally could just tell people, hey, download the YouTube app, search for our church, follow it, subscribe to it, and boop, it's right there in your um, updated stuff whenever we go live. But the other reason why I like YouTube for your sermons is you can create a library inside of YouTube itself. You can create something called Playlist, where you actually are able to categorize your YouTube videos in accordance to maybe series, maybe months, maybe years, however you want to do it. You can categorize your... Your sermons right there are your services in YouTube so people can actually search and interact and know what series these things are coming from. Now, you might be using a program like OBS to live stream your service. You might be using like an iPad or iPhone and streaming directly to Facebook or directly to your website, like if you have Wix or a different church type of builder. So then the question is, okay, Mark, if we can only stream to one place, how do we live stream to two different places? Because OBS, I know I use OBS for my podcast every single week. You can only live stream to one place with OBS. Now, you can pay for a better service software than OBS. Like my favorite for PC is vMix. There's other ones that are great out there for Mac, but generally vMix, you got to pay quite a, quite a hefty fee in order to live stream in multiple places on HD and not just standard. However, there is a beautiful website called, and again, I'll put this in the show notes, restream.io. It's literally just not.com, but it's (coughs) restream.io. Uh, excuse me on that cough. Here's what's really cool about Restream.Livo, okay? Up until recently, you were not able to stream to multiple platforms using their website to two different like, like two different places for free. But in the last year, they now have created a free version where you can live stream to two different platforms. So rather than like your OBS going to your Facebook page or whatever software you're using or your phone going to directly to Facebook, you will now stream your services to Restream.io, and then inside of your Restream.io settings, which you have to do on the actual Restream.io, you can't just do this five minutes before a Sunday morning service and expect it to actually work. You gotta put a little time during the week to set it up, read the instructions, read the, uh, the troubleshooting guides, and make sure it works well for your church. But once you just set this up, you literally will stream directly to your Restream.io account, and then Restream.io will then push your live stream directly to YouTube and also to Facebook, and you are ready to go right there. Now, if you have someone set up to maybe comment and respond to people's comments on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you do it, you can actually use the Restream.io platform to comment right there inside of the online platform as well. So if you're streaming to just Facebook, I want to challenge you and encourage you And if I could force you, I honest to goodness would stream to two different places using Restream.io. Again, that link will be in the show notes. Before we end the episode, though, there might be a couple questions that you might be asking in your head, okay? One question you might be asking is, okay, Mark, so I hear you. We can stream to YouTube. We can stream to Facebook. cool, 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 cool can we stream directly to our website? Because that would just be a lot better. Just bypass everybody and just go straight to your website. And the answer is yes, you most definitely can stream directly to your website (laughs) if you pay for it. You generally, honest to goodness, cannot stream directly to your website unless you actually want to pay for some sort of live streaming integration that pushes it every time you go live. A lot of times, when you pay big monies for big time church platforms, well, hey, you can you can stream with us, you can do your podcast with us. Generally, what you're doing is you're paying for a lack of better word, a land like a like a playground, so to speak, where you can put that. Playground on your website, and you push that live stream content to this company, and then that company pushes it to your website, which is kind of the same idea as pushing it to YouTube and then putting the YouTube live stream on your website. We'll get to that in a little bit. But if you want to go directly to your website or develop some sort of online dot church platform, yes, you could do that. Um, the the church dot online platform that Life Church made is completely free, and I would challenge you if you want to create a quote unquote online campus, you can do such. Going there. But I believe even with that, once you go live on YouTube, you then have to copy and paste your URL from there into the software so that way it knows exactly what to grab. But – If you want to stream directly to your website, you can do it if you pay for it, but there are also other alternative ways to do it without paying these big-time church platform companies like Subsplash, like ShareFaith, like all these other places where they say, hey, you just give us a lot of money and we'll do it for you. There actually are free or really, really cheaper ways to do it based on what type of website you have. For example, if you have a WordPress website, all right? If you have a WordPress website, you can use something called a plugin that automatically looks and see when you go live on YouTube. And once you go live on YouTube, your website will just automatically show that live video wherever you put the short code in. And there are free plugins out there. There's some that if you're free, you don't get all the different things that might not be as great as what you want. So you might have to pay for it, some of them, but there are free plugins out there. And rather than just tell you what they are, I'm just gonna list a couple of them in the show notes. So if you're on WordPress, you also could just go to the plugin library, click add new search and just do YouTube live and you know, read the reviews, make sure it works and it's been updated recently so you know it actually works. And that is one way to, when you go live on YouTube, again, you would stream to Restream. I.O., which will push to Facebook, but then also to YouTube, once you go live on YouTube, this plugin looks for that live video and automatically puts it on your website. That is one way you can do it. If you have a Squarespace website, though, which is what I'm a big proponent of for just small, easy DIY builders where you don't have to deal with a lot of stuff like WordPress. WordPress is a beast if you don't know what you're doing, to be honest with you. But if you build a website on Squarespace, they don't really have a plugin library because when you pay for things like like, uh, like Squarespace or Wix or Weebly, you're giving them money to use their playground. WordPress, you have to create your own playground. But if you're using Squarespace, you can use the website, and I'll put this in the show notes, sociablekit.com, where you can sign up for the free plan or you can pay the $5 a month plan where they actually let you, anytime you go, just like the WordPress plugins, anytime you go live on Facebook, it is looking for that life. Uh, sorry, live YouTube video, it can take that live YouTube video and then automatically where you decide to put it on your website based on their instructions, it will show that live YouTube video as well. Now, I do want to say this for the sociable kit. If you're on Squarespace, I believe it also works with Facebook Live, but don't quote me on it. If you're going to live or embed anything to your website, always embed the YouTube video if you are able to, not the Facebook video. And the question then is why should you do it? Which is the next question we're going to ask before we end this episode is, okay, so if Facebook has bots and they're flagging me for all these things and then muting my video, can't YouTube just do the same? I mean, they're owned by Google. They have more money than Facebook. So can't they just flag you and tag you and mute your stuff as well? And the answer is, well, yeah, they can. But here's the deal. Generally, YouTube will not mute your videos. However, if you have a copyright claim on your website, and if someone says, hey, we claim this audio, whether or not it's a ethical claim or a correct claim or not, what YouTube does is they just do not let you monetize that video, which to be honest with you as a church, you don't care about monetizing your YouTube channels anyways. So they just went, well, you can't monetize this video. Sorry to which you're like, okay, cool we don't want to do that anyway. So, so we're completely fine. So if you are embedding your Facebook live stream to your website and it gets muted, you're literally like you're stuck. However, if you do YouTube and YouTube happens to flag you, which normally they will not flag you during the actual live stream, they'll normally flag you at the post of when the video is all set and done, then you don't have to worry about your video getting muted. And you can just literally push your YouTube live video out and you are good to go. So if you are just live streaming to Facebook, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set up, a Restream.io account, sign up for it, do all the different things you have to do, set up where you can push that live stream to your Facebook page or group, however you do it, but also push it out to YouTube. So that way, if you at least have YouTube there ready to go. And if you wanna take it up a notch, whether you have a Squarespace website or a WordPress website, check out the links in our show notes. Uh, Again, there's no affiliate links in there, at least right now. I thought about it and I haven't done it yet, but there's no (laughs) affiliate links there, so you don't have to worry about getting like flagged with errors or, or anything like that. I just want to help you out. So click those links in the show notes and that will take you to the appropriate places. And rather than me teach you how to do it, they document everything so good. So they will show you how to do it. So before we end this episode, here are three thoughts I want you to consider with your live stream, even before you try to figure out how to go to YouTube or not. Okay. The first thing you need to do is you got to make sure your audio quality sounds good. I have watched probably about five church live streams in the last week, just because I'm always curious about how both large, medium, and small-sized churches are doing their live stream audio. And the thing that I'm finding time after time again, especially during the worship time, is small church live streams are peaking left and right. In other words, when they start to sing, it gets too loud. It sounds like the crackle and pop of, remember the old white noise on the TV when the TV shows were just done and there was no more commercials and no infomercials? It was just the loud static. That's kind of what it sounds like. It sounds like it's peaking and that's not good. It's better to have a quiet live stream than a peaking live stream. The second one you want to do is make sure your camera quality is good as well. Use a good, decent little camera. And if you're even using a great camera, which I have friends who use, you know, thousand dollar cameras that are absolutely fantastic. You need to make sure your lighting is also up to par as well. Cause could have super expensive cameras where it's super, super great. But if you're, you know, Lighting is terrible, it still won't look good. And the last thing I wanna challenge you with is make sure you help people know exactly where to find the live stream and sermon archive on your website. Have a sermon page on your website where they click that and then you have maybe a little text box and just explain, here's how we do our live stream. You can watch it on Facebook. You can also watch it on YouTube. Here's the times when we go live. Click one of these buttons to go there now. You don't necessarily need to actually put the live stream of your service directly on your website. But if you just tell people where to go and then click the links to do it, you already won most of the battle of helping people find your live stream. So if you've been dealing with this problem of Facebook muting your videos or just having a tons of different issues with Facebook, I want to challenge you to continue live streaming your services of Facebook, but also use a secondary platform. You could use Vimeo. You can use any other platform you find out there. But YouTube, honestly, to good, honest to goodness, is my favorite one to use because it's highly searched. It's easy to categorize. And it's also, if you want to just like create different archives later even on your website, you can just embed in total playlists on your website. It's super awesome. Use platforms like Restream.io to get it onto your website. If not your website, onto both Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take that next step and actually get those live streams onto your website, check out the links on the show notes and we will get you ready to go doing what you need to do. So that way you can make sure your live streams are reaching the people that they need to reach. Well, guys, just like always, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you again for another episode of the Small Church Media Podcast. Make sure you check out our sponsors, Tidely and Sermon Shots, by clicking the links in the show notes. If you use the Sermon Shots link, make sure you use the coupon code. Remember, Small Church Media Podcasts, S-C-M-P-30 to get 30 days free. And if you're not really sure about what to do with Tidely or Sermon Shots and you actually are like, you know what? I would love just to see a maybe a trial, maybe a walkthrough of how these platforms work. I'm friends with both of those guys over there. So send me an email at hello at smallchurch.media. Again, not .com, hello at smallchurch.media and say, hey, I would love to get connected with Sermon Shots. I wanna get connected with Tidely. Can you connect me to whoever I need to get connected to to walk through this process? Because if you are a Sir or if you not sir, if you are a small church media podcast listener and they don't take care of you. They don't just have to deal with you, but they got to deal with me as well. So if you want me on your team with that, I am more than happy to do that. So send me an email. Let me know who you want me to get in touch with. Maybe even you want to get in touch with worship tools and just get connected over there. Send me an email, hello at smallchurch.media so that way I can connect you with the right people. Again, let's reach that milestone of 5,000 downloads. We just crossed, crossed 2,500. Let's get to 5,000. Share this podcast with one other pastor or small church volunteer friend that you know. Leave a rating in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, And if you feel up to it, yeah, go ahead and listen to an episode twice and we can just keep the conversations going. We can keep learning how to use media to grow the faith of our congregation and reach outside of our four walls to reach more people with the gospel. Again, thank you for hanging out with me for another episode of the Small Church Media Podcast, and we'll see you all next week. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.